0: Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, this is Gordardell, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Jan Hill. We haven't seen each other for weeks. Weeks and weeks. You look fat Hi, so. dude. Hi, yes. dude.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, good summer? Uh, pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Interesting yeah, yeah. summer.
2: Interesting yeah. summer, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love summer, so I just want more summer.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. We got it today.
2: Yeah, we did. It was so great. How about you? I good know. summer?
1: Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting. There's a lot of work, but I uh, I did manage to get over to uh, family in Spain. Yay!
2: It was fantastic. That's so good. Yeah. You look a little yeah. tanned, actually, yeah, my no, friend. So
1: nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got under there before all the bad weather hit over there. Oh, yeah? Uh, they, they're getting horrible storms
2: right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like crazy storms. Like, huh. like 20 inches of water you know, going know down the roadway. Well. And so so it's like, wow. I I mean, I wouldn't mind that for a day. Yeah. You know. I don't have a boat with
2: me. Well, you know, I think this is, I guess, all that comes to mind for me is climate change. Hey, maybe we should be listening to Greta Thunberg, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we hope that everybody out there, you're listening, uh, you had a great summer. Uh, And uh, we are now back and uh, into our mode of uh, on the air once a week. We're back you know so it's climate change there's one you know what i think that's worth blaming let's blame let's blame it's well
2: i'm gonna blame <laughs> the several generations before me and my own
1: exactly exactly i know uh we're gonna talk about blaming yep uh, you know those people whose very first responses when uh, there's some sort of a problem is to point to the other side of the room yep yep yep
2: what do yep. you think of those people well you know okay There's a short answer and there's a long answer. Which answer do you want?
1: How much time do we have?
2: Well, uh, (laughs) I guess we have like 55 minutes, but yeah. Okay, so so my gut instinct, because I'm a pretty internally motivated person, right? If I want something, I just go get it. So the people who are blamers... Okay, my gut instinct is to go, really, come on, just like make it happen. And you know, kind of sometimes I read blame as being sort of the the stepsister to uh victimization, you know? Oh it is, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 the sociologist in me recognizes quite thoroughly there are structural issues around us. There are things actually around us that preclude and delimit our behaviors and our way of being in the world, right? And that there are interpersonal things that happen. There are social interactions and things that, of course, have an impact on how we read things, how we do things, what we can do, who we can do them with, et cetera, et cetera. And then there is the intrapersonal piece, which, of course, is subject to interpretation, you know, how do we read these things? How do we feel about these things? How do, what do we do with, with the stuff that happens to us in our life? So, yeah.
1: What's our perception?
2: Yeah, exactly. It all
1: comes down to our personal perception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There are are people though that, I mean, it's just so automatic, you know. Uh, I mean, I I joke and, and, you know, say that for a while there, I thought there was a couple other people living in my house. (laughs) And they were named, not me. And I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's all I heard. Who, I didn't do it. Yeah, um, you know, Bernie Brown. She has a great uh, uh, YouTube video. Yeah, uh, it's very short. It's only like two minutes long. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's so much fun, uh, and it's so informative. And it's just called Blame, and uh, she narrates it, and it's about herself. The the instantaneousness of, of uh, our, our need to blame when uh, she spills a cup of coffee down her. Yeah. And the first words out of her mouth are, damn you, Steve, which is her <laughs> husband, uh, who's not even in the house. Right. And it's, uh, I won't say more, uh, but, you know, it's uh, just that instantaneous for so many people, like, boom, it comes right out of our um, right out of our mouth is, you know, to, to just sort of blame somebody.
2: Yeah. Right she writes a lot about that in uh, one of her earlier books. I, th- I think it's called, I thought it was just me. So out there, if you're interested in reading some good, fun, interesting, easy, accessible stuff, that's a great book to start with. Oh, she's amazing.
1: She's amazing. I'm a huge fan of hers. She's awesome. Okay. Uh, exactly. Exactly. You know, there seems to be almost a trend. Uh, you know, the people who are capturing the spotlight right now, of course, In in the United States and Canada, uh, especially with uh, uh, an election, a federal election coming Mm -hmm. for the politicians, and they just seem to pass the buck on to somebody else and blame others. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really dangerous. Yeah. You know, it's dangerous because it's modeling something so awful uh, that, you know, no one says, well, it was me. You know, right. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, the, the Prime Minister of Canada right now is in trouble because of, of uh, some, something racial he did, you know, uh, 20 years ago. Uh, but the point is, he did it. But mm. at least he's acknowledging
2: it. Yeah, and this you speaks know. to the importance of accountability, right? When you're watching somebody or when you're observing somebody blame, right, often what we want, we, it's easy to forgive people for messing up because we're all human. Yeah. It's harder it's harder to have sympathy and compassion for somebody who is isn't who isn't accountable, who doesn't accept accountability. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And there are some people that's it's like, you know, <laughs> the water just rolls off their back. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but, I mean, they're at the upper echelon sure. of uh, both countries. Yeah. Uh, you know, one in Ontario and one in the, in uh, is it the White House, I think they call it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to name names. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that, I think it just is a really, really uh, scary thing to watch somebody throw somebody else under the bus. Yeah, for sure. You know, somebody who's sure. like, come on, come work for us, over here, you know, and then boom, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very scary. Uh, <laughs> not that that's happened to me. So
2: here's the question. Why do we actually blame people? Because, you know, if we start with the premise that our behaviors are all all serve some purpose, Right. They reward us, or they make us safer. They do whatever, right? They all serve some purpose in our interpersonal and intrapersonal realms. What purpose does blame serve?
1: I think it's what other people think about us. It's all about self-image and it's all about uh, approval okay. and uh, uh, our self-esteem is is really played in there. Like we can't be seen for less than. That. And if you're an, a narcissist, I mean that's the mm. worst. You know, the worst thing that can happen for a narcissist is to basically be outed and told that they are not good at what they're doing.
2: Right. So what I'm hearing you say is it's about manipulating, in a way, it's about manipulating other people's judgments about you.
1: Absolutely. absolutely.
2: uh, To create safety.
1: Uh, For the self. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring up later on a a little bit about bullying, you know, Mm. and the person who's sort of the loudest, biggest bully is also the one who's probably the most insecure going, God, I hope they don't, you know, do this to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you
1: know, is underlying that. Yeah, you know? Um, you know, people who catcall people on the street, you know, say in the gay village or something like that. I mean, it's always been a saying that whoever yells at the loudest usually is. Yeah, but they don't <laughs> want anybody to know. So
2: it's a projection. <laughs> it's a projection. Yeah,
1: it's a projection of their own self hatred. Yeah, their own homophobia. Yeah, for you know? sure. Uh, or the way they treat women, you know, is is uh, just a projection of their own weakness. Uh, You know, but I think that that whole thing of the self-image and self-esteem is probably, you know, first and foremost, that's in our family life, that's in our social, uh, our jobs, the fear of what are people going to say about us, you know? Uh, So when we we can throw someone else, as they say, under the bus, we divert all that attention away from us. Mm -hmm. They're not going to notice us,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: okay? If they're going to notice us, it's because we didn't do it,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the narcissist, you know, at the root of all of that with the narcissist, I mean, it, it, if you ever have it, ever been exposed to a narcissist rage, which nobody wants to, um, you know, at the root of that is this absolute shame. Absolutely, right? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's uh, This is very shame-based behavior, actually. Right. You know
2: maybe what we could do too is just to clarify for people what is a narcissist. How would you know that somebody's a narcissist? Because that's a term that we hear thrown around all the time. Well right? yeah, it's
1: true. It's true. It's beyond someone who's self centered, uh, basically it comes down to me.
2: Yeah, so it's somebody with a preoccupation.
1: Yeah, it's a personality um, disorder. With actually. the self and, the, yeah,
2: and that yeah, that and the admiration around. of others. That's right. Right?
1: That's right. They will. They will pull people in. They can be very seductive. Um, uh, as long as their needs are getting bad, it's all about their needs. Yeah. You don't. You can't have needs. Yeah. You know. Because if you do, oh, good luck on that one. Yeah. All right. And then, and then it, it's underlying that it's just this huge rage. Yeah. That that if they are in any way challenged, um, you know, it can be it can be quite scary. Um, and so blame obviously has to form part of who they are yeah. and what they do. Yeah. Because they can't be seen as being anything but fabulous. Super <laughs> fabulous. Super fabulous.
2: So here's a question. What creates a narcissist? How does a narcissistic personality disorder actually develop?
1: Um, there's a whole lot of theories around Is there? That, but it's okay. really damaged. You know, yeah. someone who's really been damaged in, in their early years. Okay. You know, with some of the scenes, it's been so, you know, so <clears throat> damaged <down-todden clears throat> that in many ways – it's, it's. They would either be dragging their face on the ground, mm. or they have this whole series of uh, you know compensating uh, uh, characteristics of their personality that don't allow that to be seen.
2: Okay. Interesting.
1: Right. Yeah. They talk about sort of you know the dropping the face, of right. the face being seen. Um, that in itself is is uh, you know sort of a, a dead giveaway uh, that they can't be seen as being anything but always on, always perfect always enchanting
2: yeah so we keep going back to this idea of judgment Mm -hmm. right the Mm -hmm. judgmental and so the other concept that pops into my mind too around this is this idea of sort of a totalized identity right meaning that if somebody is charming they are all charming all the time they are totally charming if somebody is right they are always right all the time well
1: they can't be wrong totally right right exactly (laughs) They can't be wrong ever,
2: right? So, how much of their identity is actually connected to those particular qualities? So, it has to be all of their identity.
1: Yeah, very much. Right, so. very all much of so. them.
2: Very yeah, so.
1: until until you know that that mask drops. Yeah, you know, rarely will you ever see a drop. You know, right. you can see the real person sort of come through on that one. Mm. Uh, but they're so seductive. Yeah. You know, they they're they're, they're 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 funny. Often they're the center of attention. They they are uh, they they make people feel good about being around them, as long as it's about being around them. Right. You know, you right. can't go off over here uh, because, you know, you're not you're not sort of about you know kowtowing to to
2: mm-hmm. the person. What I've noticed about. Um A few narcissists that I know is that they uh, often just a few, a handful of narcissists (laughs) that I know is that the needs that they have might, they change rapidly, right? Moment to moment, often, and they might even appear to be in conflict with the need that came before.
1: Definitely right,
2: consistent. so it's okay. like, oh, I need to eat this right now, I need to have this, I need this, I need this, and you go, okay, and then 20 minutes later, it's, okay, now I need everybody to get on board with my diet, or get on, you know what I mean, like, those yeah. are kind of trite examples.
1: Well, but- I do like they're trite, you know, at all, because what that does is it makes <coughs> us feel crazy.
2: It's crazy making.
1: Right, because our natural instinct is to sort of watch what people's patterns yeah. are, and then... You know, if we're in a close relationship, is to try and meet those needs.
2: Yeah, and to look you for know? consistency across and predictability across those patterns. Exactly.
1: That's that's how we build trust right. in a relationship. Right. But then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, boom. You know, you've gone from white, black, one, five. You know, yeah. and you can't figure out where is this person coming from. Right. They're all diametrically opposed. Right. You know, so right. they have that, you know, sort of opposition within themselves, but they just put it out there. It's right. It's really not... It's it's not uh, thought through that says oh gee would this be in conflict with no because it's it's sitting so uh, emotionally at the surface
2: yeah it's immediate right it's an immediate
1: immediate gratification yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah so it makes it very very difficult then to try and predict what they would be like and therefore you know uh, uh, you know stay stay back from you know their rage right. Like,
2: Which makes me think about hypervigilance, the role of hi- hypervigilance. If you're hanging out with a narcissist or if you're raised by a narcissist or you have, you know, if you're in that and married to a narcissist, whatever, they right? They will
1: make you hypervigilant.
2: Yes, because you're always constantly trying to predict or read the pattern, right? Or What's the you pattern you whatever
1: you're doing, let's say you're living together, your house is never clean enough, your clothes are never no. fancy enough, your hair is not fabulous enough. You know, you're never going to be enough. Yeah. And no matter what you did, no matter how much money you put into it, you will still always be blamed for not being able to meet their needs or their expectations.
2: Right, right.
1: You, know, you know, that's uh, that's where it's really crazy.
2: What about regular blame that happens in our lives? That's not like narcissist-fueled
1: blame. Well, you know, it depends where where it's coming from, you know. Um, uh, you know, my work with, with women that have been abused uh, – is it's very similar over a longer period of time. They're, you know, they're criticized. They're yeah. blamed. There, it's your fault.
2: Wears you down.
1: Your it wears them down. It's like, mm. you know, I always uh, equate it to the sculptor with a stone and a little hammer going, you know, and it, it, you know, it, from a therapeutic perspective, it's much easier, and we're all looking for that. The big bang. What mm. happened to me that made me this way? Uh, 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 most of us is little ticks, chinks, yep. chinks out of our stone armor.
2: Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. So, you know, I, I have had women come and say, I want you to teach me how not to piss my husband off.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, and I, I I've just, had that too. I, I just become furious. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, I've had that It's too. just like
1: they truly believe because the guy's saying that, you are responsible for all this. Yeah. You know, if you were nicer, if you did this, if you did that, blah, blah, blah. Or if you were nicer, if you gave me more sex, I wouldn't have to drink, you know, on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, as the self-esteem is worn down, it's believed. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, showing up on, on people's doorsteps saying, can you teach me how not to piss mom?
2: Yeah. And I think also, I too, there's a component in there of, you know, when you hear... If you're already in a relationship where you're hyper and you're trying to predict things, if somebody actually says to you, well, this is the cause of my behavior, you go, oh, okay. Well, then I'll change this piece of my behavior that won't cause that in your behavior, right? right. So right. you're kind of, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it's actually not the cause of the behavior, no. right?
1: No. And you know what the cause of this is? <laughs> we have to take a break here. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, this is Gord. This is Jan. We will be back on the other side of these commercials in just a couple of minutes.
0: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, Back to things worth considering. Hi, welcome
1: back. Uh, we're here on things worth considering, and uh, what we're considering today is it's your fault. We're talking about <laughs> blaming um, and uh, how how prevalent it is in our society, and it's it's just so, so uh, uh, reaching everywhere. You know, um, blame and shame. Yep. They not only rhyme, but they're like sisters. They yeah. come together.
2: Yeah, they're every the wicked, party the they're there. Stepsisters, <laughs> not to berate stepsisters. No,
1: we're not berating stepsisters, yeah. but they go everywhere together, and uh, most people aren't even aware of how much shame is involved when we blame. No, exactly. Yeah, it's very, it's a very shamed, uh, shaming uh, uh, experience for that. Uh, not only to be shamed or to be blamed and experience that shame, publicly humiliated, but then also from the uh, the other perspective of that.
2: Yeah. so um, Shame and blame. How are they different? How are they the
1: same? Well, blame is, well, see, there's two things here. There's blame and there's self-blame. We're okay. going to talk about self-blame in a minute. Okay. Yeah. But I'm talking about when someone points a finger at yeah. us. You know, we're, we're being centered out and mm-hmm. that accesses our shame.
2: Okay. So to me, what I hear is I always think of the difference between the internal and the external, okay. right? So the external yep. world, the internal interpretation of reality. So shame, we know we're feeling shame when uh there is that where when we feel internally that there's something wrong with us
1: or right. someone has identified something that feels like it's exposing our insides
2: right so it's an internal ooh i'm not good enough that, there's something right. wrong with me right and blame i think when you're feeling blamed or when you are blaming uh, if you are blaming someone, then you're trying to sort of get rid of that internal feeling of shame, or maybe it hasn't developed Or circumvent it. Yeah, you haven't felt it yet. So you're putting it out into the world. You're projecting it. You're rejecting it and yep. ejecting it out into the external world. So who's ever out there in the external world, right? You're driving down the highway. There's like a dozen cars around you. But whenever you feel that potential shame, who's ever is right there, it's like, that's the car that was really the problem.
1: Exactly right.
2: So it's who's ever going by gets the blame. They
1: get the blame. They get the blame. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter whether we're right or not. I no. Mean, all is the most important part is that we don't look bad. Right. Right. That we we did something wrong. Right. Right. That's the that's a projection. That's the, You know, I'm going to toss it over on the on the other side of the the uh, the field or the highway or whatever, so that no one will look at me. So it's a diversionary. In mean, many ways, it's a diversionary tactic. Yeah,
2: and blame might actually, I mean, there might actually be, I mean, there are causal factors in the world, right? So oh, yeah, yeah, blame yeah. might actually be pointing out some causal factor, it can. let's just say, right? Yeah. But you know you're being blamed when something from the external aspect of the world is coming towards you, you know, yes. this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and you were instrumental in that. There might be some truth to that, right? But you don't internalize it. You don't go, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. I do. Uh, right. <laughs> you know,
1: uh. here's 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 one. Here's an instant blame thing. Okay. You're walking down the street, you uh-huh. trip. Oh, what do people do? They stop and they look. They look at the sidewalk, they look uh. at the, they've got to find out what tripped them. Okay. Not it wasn't just the fact they were walking sloppy and dragging their feet and their shoes are too big or whatever, but they're going to look for that cause.
2: Okay, so I think that's an interesting that's a shame example. Case. It could be, yeah, but I think that's an interesting example because that tendency to look down at the sidewalk to see what happened, right, is actually predicated on probably uh, maybe decades long of your life where you've walked and walked and walked and haven't tripped. So it's about expectation and it's about what you perceive as normative, right? So suddenly you trip. And you know me, I'm a super clumsy person, so like I trip all the time, right? I'm not but saying it But I still but look fault. down at the ground and go, huh, what was it this time, right? That <laughs> happened, right? Was it my shoe? Was it the sidewalk? Was, that a was dog? I just being like yeah. clued out, you know? Exactly. So you were looking for origin. We're looking for something causal.
1: Well, in that you know, in that, in that perspective, you know, leading up to that, it's true. I'm talking about the actual behavior. You know, the immediate, then what happens is that we hope to God nobody saw that. Oh, sometimes. We yeah. feel embarrassed. Yeah. That's the shame piece. Yeah. You know, and we're going to blame something and be able to go, damn, I wish they would fix that, fix that, you know, big line in the sidewalk or, yeah. or uneven, you know, part of the sidewalk or road, you know. So it's that, that's that moment I'm looking for, yeah. you know, that says that's the shame experience. And that's what happens when we get blamed is, is, you know, God, I hope nobody saw that. Yeah. Well, if they did see it, so what, how do we do it? You and I, I know how we would, we would deal with it. We would make a joke out of it, and we would laugh. I would. And no matter how we feel on the inside, yeah. we will somehow or other deflect it away uh, with some sort of uh, humor.
2: You know, it's funny because after speaking in front of people for so many years, mm-hmm. where there's so much, I mean, you can come prepared, you can be organized, you can do whatever, but you know, the technology's not going to work or, you know, something happens or you fall off the stage or, you know what I mean? And oh, you know yeah. me, I get really animated and involved, right? So then I'm just in that moment. And then after just years of embarrassing stuff happening, at, at a certain point, I just feel like... Like, you know, like, I don't feel that there's too much that could happen in front of a whole audience of people that I would feel shame about.
1: I wouldn't say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Touch wood, touch wood. Test me. (laughs) Yeah, really, test Uh, me. You know,
2: but but that kind of begs the question, is shame something that comes from, like, can you... Hmm. Can you circumvent shame through experience?
1: Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I think that that's one of the ways we do it is when we realize that, you know, we're not, you know, yeah. this, this kettle of cucka. Yeah. Uh, and as we learn that about ourselves yeah. and discover it, that's how we overcome that. Yeah,
2: I fell off the stage. I survived. I got back up and I went back talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just kind of go, eh, yeah, it happened.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And all the time looking at the front row of students going, who did that?
2: I know, right?
1: <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, so uh, uh, Stephen Covey, he wrote the, uh, the book for, uh, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yes. I don't know why they didn't quote us, but anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says that wherever you find a problem, you usually find finger pointing a blame. Society is addicted to playing the victim. Yes. You know. I
2: have a whole theory about that.
1: Yeah, go for it. You know I have
2: theories about everything. Of course you do. Here's my theory is that so we live in this sort of neoliberal society, right, where the concept of a healthy person, of course, is that we're autonomous, we're individuated, we have agency, and we're busy out there rationally. Right. Organizing the world around us so that we can predictably move through the social world around us and create the kind of outcomes that we want. Okay. So the only time that we are free from that sort of that uh, template for how we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be is when we're sick. Yeah. And to be sick uh, is to be a victim. Right. Mm. But the flip side is so it's actually the victim you can be victimized by other people didn't see that coming you stole my wallet you know you punched me in the head whatever right or you can be and then they'll go down this litany of well you know a rational person would have seen that coming or you know like how random was that right Right. so that that kind of victimization or the other kind of 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 when you can be a victim is is actually when you're physically sick or it can be mentally sick as well, right? Mentally.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah,
2: and that frees us. It unlocks us. It freezes from this template of what is a preferred kind of person. Okay. Right.
1: Okay. And so we avoid those people then. Uh, That's why we get to have some autonomy.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right?
1: People are going to come around and they think I'm contagious.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. Or I might like, ask to about, do something. So if you think about students at school, right, it's like it uh, doesn't matter how many weeks they've had to prepare for the midterm. doesn't matter how many times you've given them the information they have to know. There will always be a certain percentage of them who suddenly become sick for 24 hours yes right yes and it's like you can't argue with somebody being sick you can say give me your doctor's note give me this whatever you can do the makeup right, right? but that becomes an acceptable loophole right then right. you have the other end of the spectrum you have the kids who are really truly truly sick and they get out of bed and they get there and they
1: get there and they and write they do and it they do brilliantly
2: right exactly yeah. right and yeah. so it's so
1: true, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I know. Kids have gotten up out of their hospital beds, come written exams, and then gone back to the hospital. Right. 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 And you know, and it's kind of like, right. So you know, we get to decide.
1: Well, yeah, I think we do. How we're we going to be in that? You know, uh, that but I, I think that when when um, you know we we do blame. I mean, we victimize ourselves as well as we victimize the other person. Yeah. You know, it's a real it's a real victim mentality. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, we don't think we are. See, that's the problem is that when we try and do these diversionary tactics uh, is we think we're looking good. Hey, I didn't do it. It wasn't me to smash up that car. You know, when in fact we, I did. Yeah. Uh, and when I think that as I'm diverting it away over here, uh, th- most people can see right through it. Yeah. Yep. And we're we're not as clean as looking. People are walking away going, I can't believe what that guy just did.
2: Yeah, and this is why accountability is really important. Exactly to my point earlier, right? Is that if you can be accountable, everybody messes up. But if you can be accountable yeah. and say, Oh my God, I messed up, then people are way more open to that. Way more, right? Way more,
1: absolutely, absolutely. It's the it's the just you know it's like the statue. It just keeps, it keeps pointing outwards. Yeah. Oh, over there. It's you that know. way. It's that way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so
2: let's talk about parents. I know parents get blamed a lot.
1: Parents get blamed unfairly. I think. Tell me. You know, well, you'd have to talk to my parents, but uh, <laughs> they passed away. Yeah. Um, but I think that That's
2: convenient. Uh, to
1: it is theory. It? I I certainly know. <laughs> I, I certainly know that, you know, people will come in and. Uh, you know, talk about their, their mother or their father or whatever. There's always a, lo- a good parent and a bad parent. Yeah. You know, there's a, it's just like the good cop and the bad cop. Right. So, you know, the, uh, the bad parent is obvious, you know, that, that requires, you know, little work in order to get them to start feeling it and emoting around it. The hard part is getting them to get real about who, uh, you know, their their good parent and get real about their experience with the good parent. Hmm. Because if you if you take that person off of their pedestal of good cop, right, then you don't have any parents, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're left with two bad people. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a sort of it's a it's a difficult one to walk. But I think that probably what I find most uh, uh, amazing is, no matter how old people are, they are still blaming their parents right. for something. You know, and I'm a big believer that is the person that you're blaming for y- your lot in life or who you are, or where you live or how much money you make, they have the power over you still. Right.
2: They well, control right. everything. Right. For sure. You know. I think about the gendered nature of, say, parent blaming. And so, um, like, I think a lot, of, if you think about what's the difference between the good parent and the bad parent, seems to me the good parent is usually the parent that doesn't inhibit you as a child, right? right? So they're the person who doesn't necessarily say no. They're the person who allows you to grow, you know, in your autonomy and stuff like that. So the bad parent is the flip side, is the parent who restricts and denies the growth of autonomy, right? Or
1: does the disciplining.
2: Yeah, so it makes me think, if I think about gender roles, right, between mothering and fathering, right makes me think especially the number of say women who are raising children without uh without the father in the house right makes me think of of the gendered aspect of the bad parent especially especially if you're a daughter right okay i think the mother blaming is um is actually i think well there might even be a lot of truth to it right because in fact it's the mother who often is doing the 24-7 mothering role. Of course. Right? And is actually then responsible for the safety. That's what women do. That's
1: what they're supposed to do.
2: Responsible for the safety (laughs) of the child, right? So how how do you implement the safety of the child? It's usually through the no.
1: Right. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Right. Right? And that's why moms are bad.
2: Yeah, and that's the struggle <laughs> of the child, right, is to it is. remain it is. connected to the parents, to secure your belongingness to the parents and to the family unit, but also to experience autonomy, to
1: individuate. Yeah, that's, right? that's br- yeah, it's brutally important. It's a paradox. Mean, just beyond uh, important. Uh, if, in order to have you know a, a strong, healthy mind, because we have to be able to have that autonomy. First of all, during the terrible twos, Yes. Yeah. That's the first separation. Me, me, me. Yeah. And, I, I, I. I but, know. you know, you see the, see the little kid and they just pop around, you know, they run out the door and they get away from you. And then, but they're looking in within seconds just to make sure you're still there. Yeah. It's a little different, though, when we're 13.
2: For sure. Yeah. Hopefully. Because
1: we're finding a new family now. Right, for yeah, sure. Yeah, which is, is you know, us uh, our, our peer groups. And, and, and we begin to, you know, move from the pressure of the, our family, although it's still there, moving towards the pressure then of our um, uh, peer group. You know, yeah. they're, they're determining what we wear and, you know, how long our hair is. And that's just the guys.
2: Yeah, so the expression yeah. <laughs> of self, especially for kids as they grow, needs to be expansive, right? They need to, they're learning to look outwards and they're learning to move out into the world right yeah and uh a parent that inhibits that is going to be problematic always right
1: always definitely definitely i think that though my my concern is is blaming parents for things that i don't think parents are even responsible for oh yeah you know like grown-ups you know they don't give me any more money they cut me off they and i'm like you're 40 years old you know um I, I'm sorry I just don't have that experience in my life so right you know and I'm not saying I'm judging it or, or whatever but you know at some point there's there's a little part of me that says damn these parents don't deserve this yeah you know? and I think there's that whole entitlement in our society right now as well like yeah. hey you know I, I this is me I deserve it it sounds like a narcissist
2: well, right, and it feeds into this idea, too, like culturally, the differences in families, how enmeshed are they? How much, mm-hmm. it, like, how much intergenerational sharing of resources actually goes on, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, in some cases, I understand that culturally, you know, yeah. it's, it's different. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about more of the, you know, they owe me. You know, they owe me, and, and I have trouble with that one. Mm-hmm. This I don't have trouble with, and that is we have to take a break here.
2: Off we go. Off
1: we go. And we'll be back in two minutes. This is Gord Jan here on Voice America Things Worth Considering. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment channel. Voiceamericaempowerment.com.
0: Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. all access all the time find out what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel voiceamericaempowerment.com you are listening to things worth considering with gord Videll and dr jan hill We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, welcome back. Uh, This is Gord and Jan. We are here on Things Worth Considering, and we're talking about blame. Um, It's all your fault. No, it's your fault. No. It's yours. No, no, no. You're shaming me publicly. Eh, Okay, (laughs) we're over that. Um, we were talking about parents and um, how how there's these expectations uh, uh, that are I think are unrealistic sometimes. I'm not I'm not in any way shape or form taking away that there are people who've had horribly traumatic you know yes. uh, you know years of growing up. Yeah. I'm talking about this entitlement piece that I watch. Yeah. You know and uh, and I just feel sorry for the parent you know um, and and just so that people need to know that until we can stop you know, making someone else be, you know, be uh, in charge of or or in control of us, that we're to blame them, then we can't change anything. Right, exactly. They hold all the power. Yep. And And certainly psychologically they do.
2: Yep. Makes me think of the distinction that David Hawkins, Hawkins, not hawkins <laughs> hawkins <laughs> makes between power and force right power mm. versus force right so so power is this externalized thing that happens to us if you hold power over somebody you you manipulate them yes. you you push your energy onto them right and force is something that comes internally right again yeah. there's that internal external so if you move through the world with force doesn't mean you're pushing other people out of the way but you are strong internally and when you're strong internally it makes you more resilient it makes you accountable
1: right? yeah yeah you're, and, you're and it makes
2: you it makes you You'll strong enough to, the to be able to say oops i goofed yeah i tripped on the sidewalk my feet didn't do their thing whoops my right? teeth
1: fell out i couldn't find yeah. my glasses yeah and
2: you can yeah. move past that right yeah without without uh, making it about well without feeling judged
1: yeah yeah exactly right? exactly you know, or self-judging. Um, that's self-judging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Self-judging. You know, I just wanted to, uh, uh, you know, do this one, one little quote here on, on, uh, from Maya Angelou, as you know, she's one of my all time favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said that, you know, uh, to grow up is to stop putting blame on parents. And it's so true. You know, on the one hand, they're, they're, they're complaining about, you know, they want to be, you know, have their own life and build their own thing. And so, but yet it's like they keep running back to the parents. They, you know, I'm sure the parents are kind of like, would you just go away for a little while? Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. You know, I think there has Mm -hmm. to really be that separation.
2: Yep. Makes me wonder too, uh, and the ways in which parents blame children.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Um, someone once said to me, you know, that nobody really becomes a true adult until both of your parents have passed away.
2: I could see that.
1: And it wasn't until both of my parents have passed away then I realized how different my life is.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You know, I, I mean, I'm way too young to be an orphan. Um, but you know, uh, they both died young, and uh, it really did change. Uh-huh. It really did change. It was an interesting observation that yeah. they had told me uh, that I was actually able, unfortunately, to experience. Right. You know, I prefer they were here, and I was still a little kid.
2: You know, that's <laughs> a really interesting reflection because it makes me think that you know, there's this idea that like the first chunk of our life, we're learning, 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 all the social rules. We're learning what it is we have to give up in ourselves in order to belong. It's That's right, life. just
1: stay in that family. Right? And that's and a do so, or die situation.
2: Yeah, and yeah. when the parents are gone, suddenly the, the the people who've created the template for all your shoulds are no longer there to govern you in that sense, that's right. right? And so what happens, I think is that it kind of releases us from these shoulds, and then we can, we can spend the rest of our life kind of unlearning.
1: Well, that's true, but, but the other thing I've noticed is I, I'll <laughs> say something, I'll go, oh, my God, I, that was my father. Well, that was my mother. That's what they used to say. Right. It's sort of like we we reclaim their language or their sayings. You know, we've sort of grown up, hopefully, a few years. Yeah,
2: and to reclaim it is a really different process, though, than it is to have it imposed upon us and where we just accept it, embrace it, and then go rah, rah, rah. Right. You know, speak their speak.
1: (laughs) But now I hear myself going rah, rah, rah. And I'm like,
2: I hear you going rah, rah, rah. Am I
1: channeling my father? (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly, right.
1: (laughs) It's it's very funny. It's very funny to use the exact same words. Uh, so, um, you know, let's, you know, let's like take a look at another piece here and that is people who self blame. Yep. And that's a, that's a really, really awful thing because some people, well, okay. There's some interesting research in this, in this whole area. And in some instances, people who self blame, it's actually a coping mechanism, Yep. When, when an individual is struggling uh, to make sense of some sort of a trauma that um, the, the sense in all of this is, is the most dominant is about having a sense of control. Yep. You know, and that's how much, how much does the victim have a sense of control uh, in what just happened? You know, if they think that they had some control, but they didn't follow through, like they, they were like, I knew the guy was a creep. I shouldn't have gone there. Everything inside me told me not to go there, you know, or not. Yeah, I was told not to go and work at this place, and I did, mm-hmm. and bad thing happened, mm-hmm. you know. Um, then that self-blame is actually really, really destructive, mm-hmm. you know, sort of. The most important thing I come with is to listen, you know, I should have learned to listen to my inner voice kind of thing.
2: But I think, you, like, I think your point's really well taken because self-blame, allows us to recognize our own agency because when you blame yourself I'm just thinking of an example when okay. you blame yourself for something then it creates the space for us to accept that next time I'll do I can do it differently I exactly it differently. and
1: that's where it's positive
2: right exactly right yes. so here's a great example i remember years ago i was driving somebody into work they were sitting in my passenger uh, seat and i went over a pothole they had a hot coffee with no lid I don't know why they did that, but they did, and it spilled on their suit, right? So they blamed me, and (laughs) I thought, well, because I drove through a pothole, and I thought, oh, I just totally messed that up. I should have been like, you know, I should have, should have, should have, blah. But, dot, 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 after I beat myself up for a few minutes. (laughs) bought a new suit. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I actually took their coat to the dry cleaner, blah, blah, right? Uh, After all of that, it actually created the space for me to say, oh, well, next time I'm going to choose to drive down a different road.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. Next time I drive that loser into work, I'm going to make sure I choose a better road.
1: Well, I'm going to make sure that I don't put a pothole on that road. Yeah. Oh, but that actually, too, right?
2: And that feeds into the hypervigilance, though, right? Right. Right? right? Because, because well, that's having-
1: part of that change, change uh, uh, poem. You know, I walk down a street, oh. I fall into a hole, yeah. I can't get out, da, da, da I walk down, you know, it's about it's about, you know, repeating stuff. And expecting a different outcome. Right. And that's insanity. Right. You know, go to the same door and expect someone different to show up. But it's it also
2: it's also about then if you if you're self-blaming and the little treasure at the end is, you know, you recognize your own agency. You got to be careful with that because you could be still embracing this idea that I've got agency over everything. I don't have agency over the pothole.
1: No, exactly. Right? Exactly. The pothole's
2: there. And or, if it's dark yeah. at night, the chances of seeing it or are limited. I think it was in your car. Right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you know, like, to that way. so it's about, it's about then watching how hypervigilant one might become through self-blame, right? Right. Well, how right. many things can I control? How many things can I monitor so I don't make that mistake again?
1: Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, maybe perhaps if we could move to another word, it would be, be to be, have that sort of skill of self-reflection. Yeah, right. So that we become, wow, how could I have handled this differently? How could I have done it differently? And I think that that's where, uh, um, and that's especially where we uh, don't feel that we had as much control as we would like to have. It's how, how would I put myself into a position of having control? Right. You know, if I did have more control and I screwed up, that's more of a beating up. Yep. You know, a yeah. self-beating self up, you know. Uh, but I think that, you know, uh, on the one hand, it's a good thing. On the other hand, it is not a good thing, uh, the, the, the whole thing. And there's a lot of research, actually, in this area right now, uh, which is really interesting. Um, you know, the, the thing of, of if someone already self-beats, there's a very high probability they're going to attract someone who will beat them with them
2: that's the enabling piece, right? The codependence.
1: Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. Right, that, right, right, right. that's, that's the abused, you know, the abused spouse. Yep. Because men are, men are equally as abused, not equally, but men are abused also. We don't want to leave men out of this. Sure. Equation that by, by women or by, by male partners, if they, you know, on their, depending on what their fluency is. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's really important that, that uh, if we have that tendency to, really beat ourselves up, we will easily find somebody who will join us
2: mm-hmm. and they
1: can beat us up too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's a and party. Yeah. It's a party. All right. That we're in, you know, probably headed for some sort of medical emergency somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So speaking of medical emergencies, let's use a, let's use a medical word. Do you think that uh, blaming is contagious?
2: Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, because when you present yourself or when you're in a group of people and you are presented as sort of the, the, the scapegoat, then people learn that you will accept being scapegoated. And so, you know what I mean? So it's like like every half family has one person in it, pretty much, right? Who's always the person who gets blamed for stuff. Who's Mm. always the problem person, (laughs) right? So how does that person become the problem person, right? Somewhere along the line, somebody blamed them. They accepted the blame. They didn't push back against it. They didn't Sometimes they
1: unconsciously keep setting themselves up for it, too.
2: Well, right, right? And so everybody gets on the bandwagon. So, yeah, I do think it's contagious.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? I think the contagion... uh, uh, certainly is organizationally, but is is amongst uh, kids, is bullying.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: You know, I think that uh, bullying is, is just absolutely horrific. Yeah. I, I think they're cowards. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no there's no courage involved in picking on somebody. Um, you know, people, people are getting targeted on the Internet. People are getting targeted, you know, face-to-face in the schoolyard and so on. Uh, the parents often don't know. The schools don't know. And these kids are just... You know, some of these children are committing suicide. Yeah. It's really horrific.
2: And that's the interesting thing, right? Because in our time of social change, when I think of things like, you know, some of the social movements that are happening now, uh, especially around climate change, I think there's a big distinction between, say, bullying and innovative change, right? Social yes. social change. Yes, yes, And I think about it in terms of punching up and punching down. So a bully punches down.
1: Yes. Right? Absolutely.
2: And say, a social innovator.
1: A punching social up. change
2: catalyst—they punch up. They punch
1: up, they punch and they might
2: up. use really, really radical and attention-getting ways to do that. Yep. I think of, say, what PETA is doing right now, and the the vigils and stuff outside of slaughterhouses that people find offensive, right? Yeah. Um, and problematic, but they're punching up, and they're punching up heavy.
1: Well, you know, right? the, the, there's another uh, uh, way to just throw in on that one. Um, uh. When when we talk about anger, you know, that anger always flows downwards. Mm. So the boss yells at, you know, the owner. Say yells at the manager. The manager yells at the, this person. Then that person has nowhere to go. There, so they go home, and they yell at their wife. The wife yells at the kid. The kid yells, you know, down the line, and then they, you know, kick the dog. The dog eats the cat. The cat goes after mm. the rat. And but it's always moving downwards. So you know. You know it, it takes a lot of guts to push anger upwards.
2: I think this is what we're seeing as part of the social change movement today. Like I just know with the kids that I work with, the students that I work with, yeah, because I, you know, I do a lot on social change, right, <clears throat> and activism. So this is what I see. As is that a fashion I see,
1: day? Mm-hmm. Is that a fashion class?
2: What do you mean? Sorry.
1: No, I'm sorry. So which is sort of you know in, in oh. terms of action and. And change.
2: Oh no, no! Like That's social right, activism, right. right? Around climate change and around
1: social justice. Where did justice, you right? so serious? Okay. Okay. So I caught you off guard.
2: You caught me. I don't. I've, I'm lost now. Okay. Yeah, but no. What I see the difference is right when you t- think of anger flowing down. There's a cohort of people right now in social activism who are learning to maintain their social stability and their social kindness with one another as they unite together to really to punch up. And I think yeah. that this is changing. I think in, say, family units and stuff like that, like the abusive cycle is, yeah, it flows down. But in terms of collective social change, there's something now happening on the planet, yeah, right, yeah. that is moving – Is there's, a, there's this movement ag- uh, against um, – not against, but a movement in resistance to.
1: Yes, right? to
2: corporations actually. and, you know, authority authority, and that yeah. sort of thing. And I think that's an evolutional moment in terms of our collective psyche.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it's been so hierarchical, right? you know, and, and patriarchal right. and then hierarchical that, you know, it was always slanted right. going upwards. Right. You know? And that's
2: the agency piece, right, is when you actually have agency, you don't have to use your anger to hurt somebody else who's beneath you. You can use your anger collectively to change something in a positive way.
1: Right, right, right. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, you know, most people, you know, that cop comes walking up to your car. It's like, oh, shit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. And, you know, it's that that ability to have that agency.
2: Yeah, and it's about getting over your personal triggers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah it's figuring out what their triggers are, yeah, yeah, so uh, what do you think yeah you, you want to do this again next week? Sure, man because you know what, I think what we really need to do is we've been talking about you know all this blaming, which really burns my butt, uh, so how about talk about being a grown up or maybe it's about a grown up ah. uh, grown mm. most people are groaning. Um yeah, don't forget that uh, you can reach Jan and I um, at uh, our address at uh, info at spiritgrows.ca Drop us a line. Uh, and uh, as always, if we uh, pick up your letter and read it on the air, uh, we'll be more than happy to be able to give you some pre-coaching uh, uh, sessions with some of our graduates here at Transformational Arts College. So that's out me out. That's Jan out. Out. Oh. Bye, Jan.
2: Bye. Bye, Gord. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Until next
1: week. Have a great week. Have a great week. Bye now.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.